Hello and welcome to the first ever podcast for the Stress Sessions. I'm Luke and I'm going to be your host taking you for a series of different conversations with different people and my first guest is actually my wife Tara and we basically speak about our relationship, our marriage, all of the mental health issues that we've both been through and I think you're really going to enjoy it because we talk about lots of different topics including growing up, going to university, jobs so yeah have a listen and thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the pilot of the stress sessions where my wife has kindly volunteered to be my first ever guest so hello to Tara. Hello. So Tara and I have been together now for 12 years we've been married for four years and we've had quite a few ups and downs in our relationship I'd say probably because we've been in so many different scenarios and I feel like on both of our mental health particularly mine to begin with has contributed a lot towards the way that we speak feel and kind of like the I don't know that our our lifestyles what like what would you say about that yeah I think obviously we we got together when we was 18 19 years old so a lot's changed since then we're now 31 32 um so yeah we've just been through a a lot really like we've been we've lived in lots of different situations so we met at university um we lived together there so that was straight away straight in we lived we we met each other in the first week and then started going out in the second week so that's like Usually people just have fun at uni and then we were just like going out in the second week. Yeah. Mental. Yeah, so we like straight away, straight into a relationship. And it's obviously you're living together straight away. So there's no none of that sort of dating, getting to know each other. It was straight in. Well, our dates were like at that Chinese place in Coventry City Centre. It was like all you can eat buffet, wasn't it? And that was like yeah. the main place we used to go on dates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just to get the crispy aromatics up. Yeah. Um, and then we had up, then we went for two and a half years, long distance. You was living down in Kent, me and Milton Keynes, so it was quite tough, sort of every non-working day. We were both working full-time. I was in retail at the time, so it was sort of a case of basically only every Sunday we were seeing each other, um, and that was sort of two and a half years, so that was tough to do with having the distance there. And then we decided we couldn't handle the distance anymore. Um, you was working in Brighton at the time, wasn't you? Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was working at Southern Water. And we, we we went down there for the week, didn't we? So we were a bit like, oh, let's go down there for the week. And kind of you, you thought, oh, I'll, I'll look for jobs down there. And then you got, was it four interviews or something like that? And then like during the week we were down there. And then we just ended up moving there. And it's, it's like, it was really quick. I feel like we literally yeah. just... You are sort of, you was commuting from Kent, which is a two and a half, two and a half hour drive every yeah. day to yeah. and from work. And then I was working in retail, not enjoying it, not knowing what direction. So we just sort of said, well, why don't we move down there for a while, see what it's like. And then all of a sudden we were just doing it. I don't even sort of really remember talking about it that much. We just sort of did it. No, I, th- I think, again, because it's probably because we were younger, because we were like, what, early 20s? Yeah. So then that sort of thing, to do that sort of thing was quite easy. Whereas now I think 
I wouldn't go near that sort of thing anymore. Like, I, I wouldn't even think, oh, let's move to another city no. now, because I feel like we've grown up and we've got responsibilities and stuff. And I again, I think I'd, I'd be a bit scared of doing something like that because you'd literally be picking up your whole life. And cause, because we've like got loads of stuff now, I guess, and we've got memories and things like that here, it'd be hard to just pick up your life and go somewhere else, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we've sort of moved down to Brighton. I think it's like 24, 25 we were there. And then it was yeah. sort of... Then we started to think, right, come on, we're getting into late 20s now. What are we doing with our life? Probably time to settle down. We didn't really feel that Brighton was a place to settle down because it's so expensive and it's quite... Like a small London, really, isn't it? Yeah, and we're both in quite low-paid jobs, weren't we? So you, yeah. you were still working in retail, and then I was working at Southern Water at the time, and I was on, like, a sort of student wage, so I was doing a normal job, but I was on, like, a really... Well, it wasn't really low-paid, but it was low-paid for the job that I was doing, basically. Mine was low. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so we, we were, like... We didn't have a lot of spare cash, and all, the, all of the spare cash that we did have, we just went out and spent it on drinking and... Yeah, it was fun there. It was yeah, it's really fun. good. Yeah, highly recommend living in Brighton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I yeah, I've, I, I, but I think that by moving down there, I think we kind of found ourselves a little bit, and we learned that we could live on our own because not us, a lot of people are still living with their parents at that age. I think so. Yeah. I think to do that as like young twenty-something-year-olds, it's quite brave of us to do that, especially because we hadn't actually lived together other than at uni, so that was the first time we'd thought, oh, we'll live together. Yeah, because it's such a big difference living together at uni, because obviously it's not just you two living together, you're living in a block with, what did we have? Uh, I think it's like four, six. Uh, six, six and six. Yeah, so it's like, I don't know, I'm not picking them up. Yeah. <laughs> 18, 18. Three floors of 18 six people. Yeah. people. <laughs> Um, so obviously it's never just you two and if, if you are having an argument or whatever that it it sort of gets diffused quite quickly or doesn't I don't know what I'm saying it doesn't really go that far because you, you've got other people there and it's distractions and stuff whereas that was the first time Brighton was the first time we were living together in a city that we didn't know anyone else yeah we like were renting a house so that's sort of the first kind of responsibility I guess um but yeah as I said before then we ended up coming we decided we'd live in Milton Keynes that's where I'm from originally um live with live near my family and stuff but then obviously that was difficult again because we don't have money <laughs> well we didn't have any money and we had to live in my parents dining room for yeah I think that's a year good, year and a half while we saved up to, to get mortgage i can't believe we did that yeah so again i think we've talked about it recently but i couldn't do that again i couldn't move in to it's basically like three meter by three meter space and that was our life we just had a double bed and but i all i remember is i'd wake up in the morning and your dad would be doing a dishwasher and i'd wake up to your dad doing a dishwasher or the cat drinking <laughs> it's just yeah. it's just a bit like what well, oh this is this is difficult and I, it did get quite tense at the end I think yeah so basically to paint a picture mum my mum and dad's kitchen and dining room are joined together 
um, we couldn't stay in a bedroom because by this point my brother was still there when I moved to uni I got kicked out of the big room so then it was just the box room so there wasn't enough room kicked out your own room (laughs) there wasn't enough room for both of us to be in that box room so mum and dad basically converted their dining room into a temporary bedroom for us but it was literally enough room to have a double bed and then enough space to walk around that and then because it was joined to the kitchen they then put a curtain up for us to separate us from the kitchen but obviously you can still hear everything that's going on in the kitchen because it's just a little curtain so we literally yeah we we had a curtain it wasn't a door it wasn't but like I 100% appreciate everything that mum and did mum and dad did for us during that situation because if they hadn't done that for us, there's no way that we'd been able to save for a mortgage. No. Yeah, so what I was saying before was, yeah, so my struggle was with the transition of going from being in your 20s to being in your 30s. So the things that I really struggled with was obviously when you're in your 20s, you're having fun. Like we used to go to endless gigs all the time, didn't yeah, we? Like, yeah. two, three in a Li- week sometimes. Yeah, literally, if, if there was somebody playing at, in London or Birmingham or or wherever, we would be like, oh, let's just get gig tickets. And yeah. I, I hate to think how much we spent on gig tickets. We must have spent like thousands, thousands and thousands. Pounds. But we just like absolutely love going to gigs. Like even yeah. now, we still enjoy it. I don't know if I enjoy them as much as I used to, just because we've been to so many. But yeah, yeah. I think I probably do because during lockdown, there's been none, and I do really want to go to a gig like really badly. And we were booked in for a couple of drive-in ones, and then they got cancelled. And then I was gutted, really. But, yeah, so basically, yeah, we used to go to loads of gigs. We used to, like, constantly be in London. So we'd finish work, go straight to London, either go to a comedy gig or, like, a music gig, go for dinner, just do any stuff, really. Just, like, we loved going to London all the time. And then it was very hard to go from that where you've got no responsibilities you can do that to having a house and then not having as much money to do these things and then also I personally felt a lot of pressure to have a perfect house so it was like you kind of compare yourself to I suppose you compare yourself to other people in terms of social media yeah and you go on Instagram and you've got people moving into their new home and it's just like Oh, here's my, I've got got the keys to my new home, and it it looks like the perfect house ever. Yeah. So obviously, because we moved into a house that needed a lot of work, it wasn't a case of moving and it be perfect. It was we would have to decorate and get all this stuff done, and there was a hell of a lot of work, and there was a lot of work that we didn't anticipate. Um, so it did make it quite difficult, and then at the same time, I'm still trying to kind of do my whole being in the 20s let's go to gigs yeah and I I just put a lot of pressure on myself in regards to money like money's a thing I massively stress about finances and I don't want to get myself in or us in we don't want to be in debt do we no no. um we've always been quite good at that though yeah we're we're quite good with money I I went for a stage where I wasn't good for a bit yeah (laughs) just bung stuff on a credit card yeah so that was that was just difficult, I think. Yeah, I think you're quite happy with... Bit, or you, you used to be quite happy with just staying in the house and chilling. But I've always struggled with that. I've, I've, I've always been the sort of person where I can't sit still and not do anything. Whereas I think you've always been... Oh, I'll just 
mob on the sofa for the day and watch TV. I struggle to do that because it, I kind of don't, I can't switch off. So I have my kind of switch off is I have to be doing something. Yeah, that was kind of another thing really because it was like, so I was like stressing about money, stressing about having a perfect house. If we had visitors, I would like clean the house like top to bottom. It'd have to be absolutely perfect for people coming round. Mm. Um, and then when I wanted just to chill on the sofa, you wouldn't want to do that. You'd be like. Let's go out, let's, let's go for a walk, yeah. let's go do this, let's go do this, because just... you couldn't sit and chill and switch off. So then I kind of put myself second for a long, long time yeah. and was always going along with what you wanted to do. And then it was like I wasn't getting that time to chill and we just weren't getting that balance. And then you were just go, 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 because that's how you were kind of coping with it. And then I ended up going along with it. So it was like... We just had such a busy life. And I remember people saying like, oh, you two are always doing stuff. Yeah, you two yeah. are always doing stuff. And we'd be like, yeah, 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 we are. And we'd just yeah, go we and be like, yeah, we're really cool. We're doing all this stuff. Yeah, like, like oh yeah we're, yeah, we're having a great time. And then I remember people at work saying, oh, I'm so jealous of your life. Like, you do so much cool stuff. And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I do. I do so much cool stuff. When really it was literally just all the time. all of a me. sudden, yeah. like, it just came to a head. And I was like... I cannot keep going at this pace. I, I can't keep doing all of this stuff all the time. And shit kind of hit the fan really, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, and it, it got to that point where you sort of said, we need to start simplifying our lives and mm. go back to basics and just try and do stuff. So we can still do stuff, but just do it in the house because otherwise we're just because I, I i just remember when we first moved in and it, had, it used to happen every month we used to literally go and do shit for the first week or two spank all our all of our money and then we'd, we'd have like 10 quid left for the last two yeah. weeks and and, we, and this is when we had moved into the house yeah and i me being me i i didn't really care and i, I feel like i'm not as responsible responsible as what you are like with money and yeah just, financial just stuff the, just stresses me out or like. just being a responsible adult you're more yeah. responsible than what, what i am <laughs> and you are like I'm, i i feel like i'm still like a kid like i'll just yeah. go and spank money on whatever but whereas you're like oh i need to really think about this and oh i'm gonna think long and hard about yeah. buying i didn't used to ASOS or something like i didn't used to though but i think it's like, I often say now, oh, God, why can't I just do, like, just do stuff like I used to just do stuff? Because I never used to think about it or think about the consequences. But then I think that's kind of being naive, really. Like, you don't you don't worry about things, so you just do it. Whereas yeah. now, yeah. I, I worry about stuff and I think, oh, is that the right thing to do? Are we making the right decision there? But it, it did hit that point, didn't it, where, <laughs> where we were a bit like, right, we need to actually take take control of what we're doing go back to basics, we we weren't in a bad financial state because we never have been, but we we had like a couple of grand on the credit card, didn't we? And yeah. like I said, we were like lasting on a tenner for the last week of the month and stuff like that. And it was a bit like, right, oh, we can't go on living like this because it's just a bit shit. And yeah. there's never, it, it got kind of got to that point where it is, it's a bit like, there's never going to be ever, anything else if we carry <laughs> on living like this. We'll just spank with our money and then like, 
And then because we were sort of stressing, like we were arguing quite a lot. Yeah. Because it's sort of like your anxiety was through the roof. And, um, I, and you didn't... Looking back now, like, I always think I didn't have anxiety then. But then when you reflect on things and look back at things, you you think, oh, maybe I did. At that time as well, we're, we're talking sort of like six six years, five years ago now. Yeah, probably five, yeah. Everyone wasn't as open about mental health as they are now. Um, so you had it for a long, long time. And yeah. it was very much a secret within our relationship. And it was, it was so bad, bro. I was, I, the only people that... I, well, nobody knew. It's just me and you. Yeah. And that was it. Like, I didn't tell anybody. And I, no. I was I sort of said to you, I don't want anybody to know. But then, like you said, it was, it was before mental health... Was more spoken about, really. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I remember... So, like, you would have really bad days and really bad spells and things. And then I wouldn't be able to talk to anyone about it. And it was, it's quite hard to understand that when you're living with someone with mental health issues and you don't have them yourself, it's really hard to live with and it's very difficult to understand. So, like, when you would have a bad spell, you would get so angry and, like, frustra- frustrated yeah. with situations. And then I would constantly be like, oh my god this is like living with Jekyll and Hyde like one minute you're happy the next minute you're moody like I don't know if I'm coming or going like what what is the deal with this and, like, and when it was shit it was shit and I was horrible to live with yeah it was really difficult yeah. and then obviously because you wanted it to be a secret um because you didn't want anyone to know that I found that really difficult not to have anyone to speak to about that situation um and also, I found I did a lot of research online for living with people with mental health issues. And there was so much information online of what you can do to help the person with mental health issues. But there was nothing for helping the person that lives with someone with mental health issues. See, is it, yeah, because it's all a bit like, oh, if you've got a friend with mental health issues or if there's a family member with mental health yeah. it was not like... So, that specific was it? No, so it was constantly like what I could do to help Luke, what I could do, like do this, do this, um, and things like that. But then there was nothing for me, like to help me living with someone with a mental health issue. And then that, I think, like not only that, but a lot of other things contributed to then me getting depression and anxiety myself. And then when I've spoken to counsellors and um doctors and things they have said that it does rub off onto a partner if someone has mental health issues yeah and that definitely did happen yeah it definitely did but it's not that wasn't the only contributing factor but that was it's a big part of it big part yeah yeah. um but but as well you so i don't i don't think that or it would have taken me a very, very long time to actually get help or, or or even tell people if you wouldn't have kind of pushed me to do it. I feel like it wouldn't be a secret anymore because I, I would have told people and spoken to people about it by now because it's like five years on or six years on or whatever. But you, you kind of gave me that push to sort of go and get help like go to the doctors and see if they can do anything like in terms of medication or coping techniques counseling counseling and counseling massively helped like if i was if 
if you are somebody listening to this that has anxiety or depression and you don't really know what it's about or even what the kind of why why you're why you're suffering with it go going and seeing a counselor is a huge help because yeah they just they kind of it's it's really weird because i mean that's that's the only other kind of thing that i've had to ca- like go, go and see a counselor for but they they just literally talk to you like anybody else would speak to you but because i think you're going to see a complete stranger that you don't know and they don't know you you kind of open up to them a little bit and they kind of get to the point a lot quicker than what you would or what anybody else around you would and i found that really interesting because the guy that i used to go and see was he used to literally just sit there and i I remember when when i first went in there and i I did it in every session i think i went went to about i must have been to about 10 sessions or maybe more i don't know but every session he would pick up that I was sitting on the ed- edge of my chair. So I'd go into the room and he, he deliberately had chairs in this room where you either had to sit forward and speak or sit back. So you could either like literally mm. slouch into the chair and be comfortable or you could be all tense and sit on the front of the chair. And I just found it really interesting that he obviously had those chairs for that purpose because he could tell what sort of mood you were in when you came into the room and my mood was always really bad. And he always made a point of saying, oh, so what's, what's wrong today? Because you, you seem very tense because you're sitting on the edge of your chair. And I'm like, yes, I am. I'm really tense. Yeah. And it, I, I like just stuff like that I found really interesting. And it kind of helps you learn a lot about the mental illness that you're suffering with, even though they don't actually give you any factual information. It's just like coping techniques yeah. and helping you to speak about what what's making you anxious or or why you've got depression yeah I just want to say as well like I'm so proud of you like because if you think back to six years ago when it was a huge secret and the amount of things where we'd turn up late because we were going to a social situation and you was very worried about going and stuff and we'd make up so many lies and excuses of why we were late and stuff. Well, it ruined nights out, didn't it? It, ru- yeah, it, it ruined, ruined so many things. Occasions. Like, we'd have yeah. arguments because I used to think I understood, but you really don't understand until you get it yourself. Like, no. I used to think no. I understood through the amount of research I'd done online and stuff, but until you get it yourself, you do not understand it. No. Like, you really it's don't. It's really hard, yeah. Like, I've got friends that have anxiety as well, and then I remember saying at the time, yeah, I do get it because... My husband's got it and stuff. And now when I look back, I'm like, I really didn't get it at the time. Like, like I just saw it, that this friend was being very flaky and stuff. But now I completely get it. And it was during the time that we were getting married and stuff. And I just thought she'd been a terrible friend. But yeah. now, now I understand she wasn't. She was having a really hard time. And the thing is as well is that because there's so many different types of mental illness, like even different types of anxieties. So there's like general, general anxiety disorder, I'm sure I'm really strong to say that, which is the most common one. And then there's, I can't remember all of them, but there's like five different types. And I, I was, because I remember you used to say, I oh, like, well, blah, 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 has got, um, they go through panic attacks. And I was a bit like, that's not anxiety. Well, that must be something different but then because there's so many different types of anxiety you kind of like even I didn't I, even I didn't know that as a thing 
Yeah. Um, and I think that until you do go for it yourself, you you like you said, you never understand. It's 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 really difficult to explain. No, it's really don't. difficult to explain. No, you don't. But yeah, I definitely do research though because you can sort of understand it a little bit better. But yeah, I think until you've had it, you you don't get it fully. Yeah, but and still educate yourself. And I think it's it's even if you've never had a mental health issue, it's not an issue like a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Just like it's an issue. Yeah. It's, it's good to research anyway because you can get it at any point in your life and yeah it's I think it's just the way that people live these days I think it because I think everybody's always had men, mental health has always been there and I think that looking back now my parents have definitely had anxiety and or depression over the years but they just haven't realized it and they yeah. and I think the older generations will never fully... I think people do understand it, but but some people just won't ever fully understand it because they're a different generation, if that makes sense. Have I said that really badly? Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. Because... I think it's recognising it and understanding. Like Some people can easily recognise it and other people can't. Yeah, because it's just a, it's, it's a classic case of like, oh, just... Oh, you'll get through it. Like you'll be fine. Just like keep chin it. Like, up. Yeah, chin, yeah, and, it, and it's the whole thing of be strong. Yeah, it's it's, it's like no, look, I actually yeah. need to get help, and that's why I think it's really good to do research, so that if if you've not had a mental health problem and you do in the future, and there's a massive a massive chance of that happening because I think it isn't it like one in four people every year get diagnosed with a mental health problem or something like that it's, it's quite stats. it's quite the stats have gone up quite a lot and I think that's just because of the way that people live so that there's so much more pressure on everyday lives with mm-hmm. social media with people's jobs people are traveling everywhere and I, I we, we've talked about it before but I'd hate to be a teenager growing up in the world now because it'd be horrible like mm. I couldn't honestly don't know how I would deal with it because I remember Facebook came in just before we started uni and that was probably my first kind of exposure to social media and at that point it was kind of just uploading photos of getting pissed at uni and going out and having a good night out and you'd literally... And it wasn't really about what you look like like the photos we've put up from uni would are just horrendous. Horrible you like I've I've probably got photos on Facebook that were of me, like, I've got sick on me or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I like the shit hairstyles I've had over the years. Like, I can't believe I've not gone on there and deleted them. I can't believe they're still up there. Like, yeah, it's mental. But I've... but it was more about going out and having a good time rather than going out and what you look like. So, like, we literally would go out and night out. We wouldn't and, even get ready. We'd just go out. Yeah, and it, and it was more of like a... It's hard to say. It's more of like a you'd take a camera out rather than having a mobile phone with you to take photos and like you'd literally take a massive digital camera out with you. Yeah. And it'd be a big thing of oh have I got enough memory on on the memory card blah blah like and then you'd have to go through like the next couple of days of uploading the photos to your laptop or computer or whatever and then onto Facebook. And now it's just instant and because everything's so instant, there's that expectation I think of 
oh, what's this person doing? Blah, blah, blah. And it's and younger people just feel the need to look like they they you'd never see like a fifteen year old, or but very rarely see like a, a teenager that would upload a photo with any makeup on or something, would you? Yeah, and I think um, like that triggers a lot of people's anxieties of what other people are doing and what other people are looking like. Like personally, for me, I I, I don't get that. Like I just think be a kid. Like I no, it's not even our age group. Like when people yeah, yeah. get jealous of what other people are doing on social media and stuff, I've never had that. Like I've never felt jealous of what other people are doing and things. So I think I'm quite lucky. But I know a lot of people do struggle with that, and that is a massive anxiety part of anxiety. So like I've got my handmade page because <laughs> I make my own clothes. What's, what's your handmade page? Tara Kate creates. Um. <laughs> And I try not. Plug. <laughs> I try to be a little bit like just genuine on there and not like I'll go and just wear my pajamas and things like that. Um, but then that's what you'd be like in everyday life. Yeah, and that's why I do it, just not to be fake. But then at the same time, it's taken me a long time to get to that point where I am confident in what I'm doing because I haven't. I have had a lot of. I think when you get a depression you get very, very low and then your self-confidence goes a lot. So it takes a while to build yourself back up. So going back to what Luke said about people can get anxiety and depression at different ages, that's one of the things I struggled with. So for me, it was all the factors that I've already said. And then also I felt like I had to be strong all the time. So we've also said about that before. Yeah. Um, I felt like I had to be the strong one because Luke was struggling quite a lot. I felt like I couldn't be, air quotes, weak because I had to be the strong one all the time. So okay. then when it sort of hit, it hit, sort of hit ahead when my granddad passed away, um, sort of when I was close to turning 30 and I'm now 32, and to me, like that's the thing that I hadn't coped with. I hadn't coped with Grandad passing away, and that's what had caused my depression. Um, oh god, I don't get upset. <laughs> like that's that's that was the main thing that had made me depressed. And then I, because I wasn't coping with, and I felt like I wasn't coping with life anymore because I couldn't be the strong one anymore. I then turned to help, and I used. I went to a counsellor through my work because they've got a, a company that they use and it's honestly the best thing that I ever did. And at the time I was like, how can I have been fine for all of these years? Like, how could I get to 30 and not have any problems? And like, what? how come I'm now just absolutely crazy and all of those questions and I just couldn't get my head around the fact that I could be completely fine for 30 years and then not be fine anymore mm. and that's how I saw it I just couldn't get past that and then when I started to see a counsellor um like Luke said about sitting on the edge of the seat and stuff the first time I went to see her she she was in a little cottage like on the edge of Milton Keynes um, I went in that cottage and I walked through a whole house and then I sat down on the chair and then she was like, okay, I can see you're carrying a lot of, a lot on your shoulders. Your shoulders are right up. And then I was like, oh, 
I didn't know. And then I just like cried. I, I just sussed her out straight away then. Yeah. I? Like I cried, talked to her. And then I, I had eight sessions with her. And then it was like every single one was about something different. So I literally thought I was going there to talk about my granddad. And there was so, so much, much stuff, stuff yeah. that came out. And that's why I think looking back, it didn't start when I was 30. It started before. I just didn't realise it had started before. And I was just not understanding myself and understanding my feelings and stuff like that. So, like we said, there were so many different contributing factors. It wasn't just that one thing. And also another thing I noticed from going to these sessions was each time I went in there, I was more aware of my surroundings. So the first time I went in there, I didn't notice one single thing in her house. I literally walked, blinkered into that room and I didn't see anything. And then it's like, the next couple of times I went, she had a full on parrot. <laughs> she, had, she had budgies in cages. You can tell me about this. Yeah. She had like, cause <laughs> oh, it was a little cottage. It. She had the big like cabinet with all plates on the sides, all showing. I don't care about that. Like parrots. And just really nice decor. And it was like, each time I went, because my head was getting clearer, I actually saw more around me. But before that, I did not notice anything in her house. That's really interesting because when when I went to see my counsellor, it was so it was a little place in Stony Stratford, so south of Milton Keynes. No, north, north. north. Yeah, I'm still don't know Milton Keynes after twelve. Yeah, years. this is a thing. Luke's lived in Milton Keynes for. Eight years now? I still have to direct him around everywhere we go. <laughs> it's confusing. Literally. If, you, so if you're from Milton Keynes, people just know their way around. But if you come in from the outside and don't know your way around, that I don't still, people are always like, oh, it's so easy. Use the grid system. It's shit. It's so shit. It doesn't work. And, and I, I'm not going to start running about the Milton Keynes. Yeah, because yeah. we'll go on that forever. Yeah. Like, it, but... just, it just doesn't work. But like, I, I found it... I think, I think that's really interesting because when I went to see my counsellor, it was literally in, in a little room. So you walk up the stairs, so you'd have to sit on sit on the couch and then he'd get to the top of the stairs and be like, let's come up or something. Like he, didn't, <laughs> he didn't have that voice. I don't know how that voice is about. But he sat on the top of the stairs and then you'd go up the stairs and then he'd have this little room. You'd basically go to the left and he'd, he'd have this little room. And it was quite an empty room. And I, I don't know if that was the reason... It, like there's a reason for that, but yeah, I like because I, I think if if I'd have been in a cottage that had loads of distractions, I wouldn't have been able to concentrate. Yeah, but in her actual room that she spoke to me in, it was just she had a chair, I had a sofa. So there's and, no power just in there, and like... I had a box of tissues. Oh. Yeah, there wasn't there was no power in the room. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, so there was nothing. But like, I think if you, you said you went, you got your counselling through your work, and I got my counselling through your work as well, which which been yeah. amazing. I think that if you are listening to this and you, if you've got mental health issues or if you've got mental health issues in the future, see if your employers have got an employee assistance program or your HR does something like that because it's amazing. And yeah, if you if you can get. <laughs> kind of help for free then that's great because counselling I've paid for it 
because I, I think I got what four sessions through your work and mm-hmm. after that I paid for it myself and it's 40 quid an hour but that seems expensive but it's that's probably the best money that I've spent to to kind of it was definitely worth it I, yeah, it's like, what would you rather two takeaways or go to a counsellor and it can, Clear like, heads. not to be, like... But basically, it can change your life without being, like, cheesy. It, like, it yeah, literally yeah, can. Yeah, because yeah, you, you can go from being, like, oh, shit, I've got so many problems going on, oh, th- yeah. this is happening, this is happening, this is happening, and they just kind of clear it for you. Yeah. I don't... Like, I wouldn't say it's like a magical fix straight away like it is a process like the first couple of ones you go to like for me anyway the first couple of ones I went to my head was mush and like I had so because you it basically is making you reflect over things that have happened so it's pulling all of these things that you've buried out bringing it to the surface for you to process it so during the time it is really hard like I'm mm. not going to pretend that it's it's really tiring yeah like yeah it's, it's draining. so draining yeah. like yeah. I'm not going to pretend that it's you go to cancer and you're cured but like you, I think you have to go through that process to kind of come out the other side and like saying that like we still have anxiety now we still have depression now oh, yeah. Yeah. but we know how to speak to each other we know how to help each other whereas before if Luke would be having a bad anxiety his anxiety comes out as anger sometimes like because he's frustrated I'd be like why are you being like this yeah and it would just all come to a head and we'd get so frustrated with each other that we would just shout each other and then that made it worse because it made us both more anxious whereas now we understand and we'll be like, do you want some space for a minute? Do you want to watch a film? Do you want to be left alone? Do you want to listen to music? Like, these are all factors that we find help us. I think that's why we like go- going to gigs so much, because music is just the best. <laughs> yeah. But, like, go- going back to the whole talking thing, like, I think that that has improved our relationship because we know that we can go to each other and say, I'm really struggling today, blah, blah, yeah. blah, I'm having a really bad day. Whereas... I don't think everybody does that. We kind of understand each other's situations now and the triggers of our anxieties and because we kind of, we've lived with it for quite a long time, we just always speak about it. Yeah. And I think that's a really positive thing because if we didn't, I think that we'd probably be divorced now, wouldn't we? Yeah. (laughs) Because if we hadn't of seeks help for both of our issues 100% like yeah. we wouldn't be together now no like no way no and I, th- I think that a lot of cu- that must happen to a lot of couples but they yeah. don't speak to each other about it and it just gets so unbearable for one person or another or both people and they just the the, the, the relationship ends and that, yeah. that's so sad because it's a bit like if you've got the help that you need you can just work through it and I think that's what we've done isn't it like we there's been some proper ups and downs, like there's been some proper downs, but I think that. Oh yeah, when we've had bad times, we have had bad times. It's been proper times. shit, like, yeah, proper bad. shit. But I think because we know now, we know each other's <coughs> triggers and stuff. We understand it more, don't we? Yeah. Because we've spoken to each other about it, and we're happy to speak to each other about it. Yeah, I definitely. Think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also going back to seeking help through counsellors at work but 
I don't know, everyone's different, but personally, I didn't mind my team leader knowing because it kind of had, like, gave him an understanding because I had changed as a person because I was very, very positive and very happy before. And all of a sudden, I was quite snappy on team. Like, I was very moody. I had no patience for anyone around me because I just couldn't deal with everyone's normal stuff that was going on. I just couldn't deal with it. So I was very angry and I was very snappy. Um, so then I I chose to contact the counselling and get that set up. Um, and when I spoke to them, they said, your work won't know. All your work knows is that they get a figure of how many people are using the service. So for example, like it will say seven people are using the service at the moment. Mm. Then that's all that anyone would know. But I chose to tell my team leader purely because I, I was wanting to leave early for counselling and things. Um, so I just didn't think want him to think that every week that I was just skiving off wanting to leave early. And like I said, it was just who it kind of would make him understand why I was having such a personality change. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think it is more acceptable. It's easier to speak to your work about stuff like that now because yeah because there's in in all the companies I've worked for kind of mental health stuff has always been quite a big thing especially with the big companies I work for but it's always been quite a big thing mm-hmm. like obviously things are different for different people like you've struggled with speaking to people about anxiety whereas I haven't I've openly talked about it but when I've done that I'm actually, I feel like I'm putting myself in quite a vulnerable position, but every single time someone has come back and said, oh, actually, I have anxiety, or actually, I have depression, and do you know what? There's not actually one single person that I've told that hasn't come back and said that. Mm. And then the more I've done that, the more I've been like, oh, actually, I'm not a crazy person. Like, every, like most, well, not everyone, but most people suffer from it some time or other um, and then it's sort of the more it's gone on the more you've opened up and spoke to people and you've had the same reaction haven't you yeah and it, it's a bit like I've spoken to people about it so I've got a friend that who's, who's going to be speaking on the podcast at some point and they haven't really told anybody about it, it apart from probably their partner maybe their parents but other than that nobody really knows about it so they're they're going to be coming on at some point in the future and i've sort of said you don't you don't have to you don't have to come to the podcast if you don't want to and they're like no no it might be a good thing and i think i think that people are starting to see that by speaking about it openly it just makes it a lot easier and it's 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 that thing of a pro- was it a problem shared is a problem halved? Is that what <laughs> oh, I think? God. Oh, shit. It's a bit like that, though, isn't it? Do you not think? You're so cringe. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it, it is. And I think that it is, it, or it has been seen as a sign of weakness. And that's why I'm very reluctant to tell my, my multiple jobs about it because I kind of see it as a weakness in in my job and I've I've always been a bit like oh I don't if if I'm having a really bad week and I I need to get signed off work to to kind of deal with deal with it and sort my head out a bit 
will my work understand it? And nine times out of ten, I think they would. But I've always had a massive struggle with that. And I think for me personally, it's because I've been on a lot of maternity cover contracts and I've always been very reluctant to kind of talk about my mental health issues because I've always been a bit like, oh, well, if if they know about that, then they'll be like, oh, they'll just get rid of me. And there must there must be people in a similar position where they they want to deal with their mental health issues and they can't because they feel like they're kind of like stuck. You just worry that if you were to take time off or um, or tell them that they wouldn't keep you on or they wouldn't extend your contract, don't you? Yeah, and I've that's. And that's again, that's my... a worry that you wouldn't have if we didn't have the house and stuff yeah. like if we we're going back to yeah. early 20s we wouldn't worry about that we'd just jack the jock jack the job in yeah like, yeah like if we were yeah. with your parents i'd have been like i'm like i'm not feeling great my head's a mess i need time to think about stuff blah, blah, blah. and I'd, if they didn't like it i'd be like oh fuck you <laughs> and <laughs> just be like okay i'm handing my notes in see you later but now i'm, I'm a bit like oh i need to how do i handle the situation and i just i just I still think it's it's a really difficult situation and I have told my work about it and I, I'm not I, I didn't really get the response that I wanted it was kind of a bit like oh okay and that was it like you, you did, there was no reassurance there and I think that's really bad when an employer especially an employer that kind of has a big mental health reputation and oh publishing a weekly newsletter on mental health and stuff to help you wouldn't be more understanding and I, uh, yeah uh, it's just it's a bit of an issue for me I yeah think. whereas your work have been really understanding and I've been very lucky yeah yeah whereas I think that in other jobs that I've had I might I might have been able to speak about it and it would it would have been fine but yeah yeah it's I just, I just would say, do what's best for you. Like, do what you're comfortable with, and follow the route that you want to follow. For example, if you want to tell employers, do it. If you don't, don't. If you want to seek a counsellor, do it. If you don't, you don't. If you want to go on tablets, do it. Like, just, yeah, just do what's best for you. Like, I. I personally like love going to the gym now and I never ever thought I'd be a gym person and then it's sort of like when lockdown happened and all the gyms shut like I struggled with that and then actually they only reopened yesterday because we're filming this a little bit in advance um, and I'm so happy since they've reopened it's ridiculous yeah I remember like literally for when they announced that gyms are open, he's like, oh my God, gyms are opening. Yeah. Gyms are opening. And I was like, Jesus, like, get a life. It literally but clears your head so much. I, I, I totally agree. Like, I've I've always... So one of my big things is I, I exercise to help my anxiety and that's always been recommended to me by counsellors, doctors, when I've done research. And it's always been a thing of... If you do regular exercise every day that will help your anxiety and you get an exercise at the same time, aren't you? And I, 
I completely understand why you've been like, oh, I want the gym to open, I want the gym to open, because I was, I was there today and I was like, this is amazing, people are still scared of corona, there's nobody here, <laughs> yeah. I've got literally the whole gym to myself, and it was great, like, I came back and I was really positive, wasn't I, and I, yeah. I feel like I'm in a really positive mind frame, because I've been to the gym, and I've got that exercise, and I think because I've been, throughout lockdown, I've been putting pressure on myself to, oh, and like, because we, we've both put on weight, haven't we, over lockdown, yeah. and it's got to both, I think it's got to you more. Yeah, I've really struggled with it. I'm in no mean, no way means a big person, but it's what you're comfortable with. And I think for me, clothing is a big, kind of a big issue. Because, uh, so obviously, I feel like I'm going to go into a huge story now. Um, obviously, like I said about going through my depression, depression quite badly two years ago. And I feel like during that time, I stopped dressing how I'd normally dress. I went very casual. I'd just wear a lot of jumpers and jeans because I was so worried about what people would say about what I was wearing. Um, but people did say, didn't they? People, people did, did say, point yeah. stuff out. And it, like, I, I understand when people will point stuff out. Because I, I used to get it. I used to get that. Like, yeah. do you mean, like with my hairstyles and stuff? People are like, oh, your hair's ridiculous, we're wearing all that, and like just stuff that I wore. People will be like, oh, wh why are you wearing that? And you know, you're just a bit like. Yeah, we've both been very into our fashion, um, and we have just always kind of worn what we want to wear. Yeah. And a lot, you especially, have always had comments of, oh, wh what's that? What? Why are you wearing that? Like, because you haven't worn the normal what everyone else yeah, it's wears. Like, it's like I've worn like a leopard print jumper. People yeah. are like, what the fuck is that? And yeah. It's like, like um, it. and then I I was sort of getting that because I I've always worked in retail, so obviously it's quite you can wear whatever you want, you can express yourself quite easily. And then I went to working into an office environment, and everyone doesn't dress particularly fashionable. And I was constantly getting comments of, "Oh, you're dressy today. Oh, what's that you're wearing? Oh, you've put a bit of lipstick on today. Oh, you've got rips in your jumper." Oh, and it sort of got to a point where I literally like muted myself and I would literally go in wearing jeans and a t-shirt and to the point that one of the big poignant things for me is one of the Christmas parties that I was going to where my anxiety was really, really bad and my depression was like really bad, I bought this quite dark... Um, brown lipstick to wear and I was so worried about wearing it because I didn't want people to be like oh she's wearing such a dark lipstick and I was worrying about it and I thought Norm back in the day I would have read a, I would have worn a bright red lipstick I wouldn't cares. have cared yeah. like yeah. I wouldn't have cared whatsoever and this lipstick was such a massive deal and then I went there and I was so self-conscious I was so worried that people would say Oh, she's really dressed up, even though it's a Christmas party. And, Which is um, ridiculous. And now I'm out the other side and I actually wear this lipstick daily now. It's not even like a lipstick that I wear to a special occasion because I don't care anymore. And I now am very expressive of what I wear. I make my own clothes and I'm very confident in posting those things on social media for people to see. And I used to be quite, like, my sewing and stuff, I was quite, like, if people say, oh, my God, you make your own clothes, I'd say, yeah, and then that was it. 
Whereas now I'm very happy to share it with everyone and like everyone used to say, oh, you're so talented. And I used to think, no, I'm not. And now I'm like, no, I am, I'm really talented. And I think that's why I struggled with putting on weight because it's like, that's what I used to express myself. So when I put on this weight, all these lovely things that I made, I started to panic that I wouldn't be able to wear them. And then I was like, I don't want to go back to not being wear being able to wear the nice things again, like I was yeah, two yeah. years ago, a year ago, like two years ago, year and a half ago. And then that's sort of like why I haven't dealt with it very well. <laughs> yeah. Because I felt like I'd finally got myself back. And then stupid Rona came along, and then I started comfort eating to, as a coping mechanism, and yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> See, my my so I've you've I feel like you've always been a really positive thing for me in terms of like what I wear because you've you've never really cared what I wear, have you? You've always been a bit like. Apart from when you wear brands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> I don't like brands like no, that but you, much. But do you remember when we first started going out and I would wear the shittest clothes ever? Like, I literally had the worst clothes and you'd be like... It's so chatty. Let's bin, let's, let's get rid of this. Let, like, yeah, it's, it's, I wouldn't say bin stuff. No, no, but like, it, I, I just wore shit clothes. And, <laughs> and I just remember, like, my, my fashion has changed for the best. For the best, for the better. And I feel like when people do make those comments about, oh, like, oh, you're, what you're wearing is weird. Like, they wouldn't say that, like, but just, yeah. oh, you're, like, shit t-shirt or whatever. That's, I think that's just showing their insecurities and that yeah. might be an issue for them. They they wear the clothes that they wear because they're not comfortable in wearing, like, a loud shirt or... Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, definitely. Like that's that's the reason why people make those comments, and it's a bit like, well, I'm gonna keep wearing it because I like it, and hopefully that will encourage you to kind of yeah. see that you can wear anything you want. And also, the funny thing is, like we've found a lot of times we'll be wearing something, people will take the piss out of it. And then the month or so down they'll the line, they'll be buying it. They'll when be buying it. Trend, <laughs> yeah, they'll be buying they it. They buy it. That's happened so many yeah. times. Like it's happened <laughs> so many times, and I've been a bit like, hmm. Yeah. Where'd you get that jumper from? Oh, it wasn't looks, you laughing at that? It looks two very similar. Ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, like I've, yeah, I think, like, fashion's a massive part of your life. Target creates, and um, <laughs> <laughs> but then it, it's a massive part of my life as well because. I I think if 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 I wouldn't have met you, I'd still be wearing boring old shit. Like I I I I just feel like my fashion sense wouldn't be very good still because I yeah. I kind of needed that steer. But I I now like buying clothes because it make makes me feel good. Like I like I like to wear what I want to wear, and it I think I people should be comfortable in wearing what they want as long as it makes them feel good. It's just another way of expressing yourself, isn't it? Yeah, and then like. Yeah, when I was going through my bad patch, I felt like I wasn't able to express myself. Mm. And because I'm a very creative person and I work in an industry that's not creative, like I need an outlet for that creativity. And yeah. that's kind of why sewing is so good because I do get to be creative. I get to create exactly what I want to create and work with my hands. And it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I, love, I, I think if you are worried about 
wearing something that you think, oh, that's a bit out there. That's, that's an old person phrase, isn't it? <laughs> but <laughs> there's always going to be somebody that's going to be wearing something yeah. louder or dodgier than what you're wearing. And just go to Brighton. Literally just go to Brighton. Walk, walk down the high street, like... Every, every, yeah, everybody, everybody, everybody will, be, will be, be wearing something. Anything goes in Brighton, yeah. and that's why I loved it so much there. Yeah. And I remember when my parents would visit, and they'd go, "Oh God, look at them!" And then I'd be like, "What?" Because I got so <laughs> used. To... Yeah, because you just walked down the road, and it's just normal. Yeah, I got so used to everyone wearing what they wanted to wear whenever they wanted. But that's, like, I think that's a good thing about Brighton. I wish more yeah. places were like that because it's like it's such a creative place. It's amazing. Yeah. It's always going to be up there as one of my favourite places. Yeah, same. Yeah. Well, I'm going to I'm going to move on to something different. So. Are we wrapping this up? No, no, not yet. Can I go for a wee? Oh. I really need a wee. Shall I pause it? Yeah. I really need a wee. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Stress Sessions where I'm speaking to Tara, my wife. Hello! Did you have a nice wee? Oh, it's amazing, wee. <laughs> Good, I'm glad. <laughs> so, what I'm going to talk about now is I've been posting a few different things on social media. So, the three things that I've posted recently have been the three things that keep my anxiety at bay. So, the three things I've posted are reading, because I read a book earlier this week. It won't be this week when, I, when this goes out, but I was reading a book and I felt like reading really, really helps my anxiety. If I just need to sit down and be quiet and just not think about anything else and it just really helps to kind of sit and be quiet sometimes, doesn't it? And just like have a focus. Yeah, and just read a good book. So I think that really, really helps me. My second one is our cat, Philly. Oh, I can't so, believe we haven't even spoken about him yet. No, I like, We told our whole life story and we didn't even bring up <laughs> and, he's, and he's literally like listening outside the door as well. Aww. So, I I hate cats. Sorry, Philly. No, you did hate I cats. I did hate... No, I, I still don't like cats. But <laughs> the, the when we got a cat, I, I know that you, you really, really wanted a cat and you basically tricked me into looking after somebody else's cat for a, what was it a week two weeks two weeks and i was like oh for fuck's sake like this is definitely a trick like great and this cat like it, it was your mum's friend's cat it was it? my godmother God, jane's God, cat godmother jane's cat. godmother jane godmother jane and <laughs> the, her cat was lovely it was like yeah. the loveliest cat ever and i was like oh this isn't so bad and we had it's a little it a girl called Charlie, and we had her in our house for two weeks, and she was so cute. Yeah, and she, she loved us, didn't she? Yeah. And I think she liked it because it was so quiet. Well, this was before Next Door had all their kids, so yeah. it was quite quiet. And I was a bit like, oh, this isn't so bad. I'm going to go on Gumtree and look for a kitten and basically have like a, a, sw- a swap over period of cats so we basically i basically found this kitten on gumtree in a place called bean hill a really shit part of milton Keynes. It's, and it's not the best estate it's yeah it the, yeah it's not it's not nice look it up it's fantastic and i but we basically gave 
Charlie back to Jane when she came back off holiday. And was it on the same day or the day after? We got I can't really remember. Philly. <laughs> and it was, it was just really weird, wasn't it? Because we went from having no cat to like Charlie and then Philly. And it was the, I think it's still the best thing that we've ever done is yeah. getting a cat because I think we've been quite lucky with him because he is a really nice cat and he doesn't act like a cat, does he? He's just like a little... He's like a cat dog. Like yeah. We get him from work and he greets us at the door. Follows us around all got, the time. Yeah, he's just very loving and everywhere we go, he's so inquisitive. He wants to know what we're doing. So he literally follows us everywhere. And like and he, he's so cute. He's been a massive... <laughs> help to my anxiety personally because he's I don't know like he's just he he hates cuddles so like you'll pick him up and cuddle him and like he'll just want to get down but he's no he he doesn't hate them he just like you just pick him up and you'll hold him for like 20 minutes and he just he wants to get down but he just takes it he just yeah he's just like the most docile cat ever and I just know that if I'm feeling down or like I just don't feel great. He, he doesn't know it, but he just makes me really happy. Just being him. Yeah, being him. And it's like if if you haven't got a cat and you're thinking about it, get one because I do think I think all pets. Maybe get help. a cat, not a kitten, though. Oh yeah, he was an arsehole when, when he was a kitten. A, wasn't he? Oh, he wasn't. <laughs> when he was a he kitten, was he was such a dick. like we had gone from Charlie, who was an actual cat that was really calm, and then we got him, and he was a like little tiny kitten, and he was just everywhere. Absolute like, dickheads. Ra- no, he was an absolute dickhead. No, he wasn't. No, he. He just ran around everywhere, and he was just mental because he was a kitten. I see. I, I don't. I don't like small animals I like as in I, I prefer adult animals not yeah Luke's babies. a weirdo he doesn't like baby animals who doesn't like baby animals because they're horrible like they're just so small and like just unpredictable I just don't like unpredictable stuff so <laughs> when you've got a cat like you, you're just like in the kitchen making a sandwich and then you've got a kitten just climbing up your leg that's not fun like, who wants that <laughs> who wants a kitten just literally like climbing your leg like it's stupid and then and then I, I just remember so we like going, going a bit too into this now but I remember when you got so excited over the cat yeah I know because it's hilarious <laughs> so when when we first got him we used to basically barricade him into the it was like the kitchen dining, dining room. room and because there was no divider between the dining room and the lounge we basically barricaded it off with a bookcase and bin liners inventive and we we basically sellotaped bin liners up to the ceiling so that he can get out and then it hit it was basically so that he didn't go in the living room because every time he did his little claws hooked the well, sofas everything, yeah. and they, he was just destroying the sofas and then it got I don't know how old he was but it got to the point where he was big enough to climb the bookcase he and he, and he basically escaped <laughs> our barricade and he went upstairs and was just meowing outside our bedroom door. And I was like, this is the worst. This is We horrible. both just looked at each other and went, oh no. <laughs> yeah, and it was oh just like, no. oh, I didn't, I didn't ever want this to happen. Yeah. And But then he's never really been a problem, has he? Like, he's he's always been such a lovely cat. Apart from when he does like the standard cat things <laughs> and bringing animals in. Like, 
Yeah, he's a proper boy cat and he just constantly brings animals in. Like yeah. the, the worst part, like my worst one has been a mouse. Like that, that, that. Oh, the living room. No, no, the one when I got back from Spain. So I got, I basically got back oh. from, I got back from visiting my parents in Spain, and it was what two o'clock in the morning, and he wasn't in, and I was like, oh, okay, he'll come in in a minute. I was just got to bed. And you wasn't here. I don't. Where was she? Was you? I was on holiday. So you was on holiday. Greece. And remember holidays? Oh yeah, holidays are great. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't wait. Um, and he came in. And he didn't come and see me straight away. And I was like, what's, what's he doing? Because I've not been here for a while. You've not been here for a while. So he would have wanted to see us. And he had a fucking mouse. And we've got a shoe rack in our hallway that's got loads of holes, which is great for a mouse to run in. So I basically shut off the whole hallway, dismantled this whole shoe rack, and then the mouse ran up this bit of brickwork that basically exposed brickwork into a hole in, in the wall and I lost my shit and it was horrible and that that's probably the worst thing other than the fleas that he's done since we've got him I'd say and I call, I basically called you and you're a bit like what do you want me to do I'm not here yeah you, your anxiety went through the roof you panicked yeah called me and then I was like why are you calling me like what am I meant to do from Greece and I, I basically barricaded and... this mouse in didn't I in the end and yeah. like, I don't know, like, oh, and we, and we found it dead, like, a week later under the sofa. So I, th- I think it was the same mouse. But, yeah, but that, that was gross. Yeah, and that, that's, that's been the only point other than when we first got him, he had he was a little baby and he had loads of fleas because they didn't look after him properly. Um, but And then that, and that was a bad time as well because then our house ended up riddled with fleas, which was just the worst. It makes you feel so dirty, so grimy. Like you're in bed and you're getting bitten. Yeah, in 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 your bed, like and by fleas, it's horrible. Like, and I, I had a breakdown, didn't I? Like yeah, that, that you was, had a panic attack, didn't you? And that was probably that was before we got married, wasn't it? So that was probably mm. when it hit me realizing, oh shit, I need to actually get help and I need to do something about this. Do you know what? Actually, I can't believe we forgot this. That like that was actually the point when I said to you, you need to get help. Yeah, because it was like, I know it's such an overreaction over something so yeah, little. Yeah, it was like you, Luke just got so paranoid about the fleas, and it wasn't nice to live with. It wasn't, and we had someone come in and they got rid of them all, and we were like, oh my god, why didn't we do this before? Because we yeah. were just trying all the cans that you spray on the carpet. Which don't work. They're rubbish. They don't work. We had we had a man come in. It cost us seventy quid, which is we spent more than that on the cans. Yeah. And then he literally came in once and they all went. Yeah. And it was like the best thing ever. But yeah, during that time, it was like you had a panic attack on the floor about the fleas, didn't you? Yeah, I was literally just crying on the floor. Like. Because it was just, it was just triggering like, your yeah, anxiety I, it was, so bad. Because I've just got this thing of like, I just felt like, it's, it's, it sounds stupid, but I just felt like. I wasn't in control of my own home and like these fleas were literally just, it, they just invaded our home and we couldn't do anything about it and we tried to get rid of them and they weren't going and it was just like, it just yeah. seemed like an endless cycle and it just got to the point where I was like, oh, I can't deal with this. And it was hard to get to sleep because you just kept thinking, am I going to get bitten? Yeah, and we, we literally wore like tracky bottoms, high socks, full on. we used to like 
pull our socks up, like, and yeah. they like they can get free clothes, like they're not stupid. And, and like I said before, like this was a stage where I was like trying to make our house perfect, and then it was like, it just makes you feel like a grot bag. You're like, I'm a clean person. Like, why are these horrible things in my house? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's like, other than those things, he's been amazing. And, like, he's really helped my anxiety, personally. Yeah. And sometimes I think he can tell, because if you're on a sofa and you're feeling really down, he'll just yeah, he jog- leap up and he'll go, meow, and then you're like, oh, hello, he, and then it instantly knows, makes you feel happy. Yeah. Like, he always knows. He always knows when we're sad. Yeah. Like, always. It's really weird, like, because I thought that was just dogs that knew, like, new emotions, but yeah. he's part dog, isn't he? So. But, I, and we've we spoken about it before, but my third thing that, has kept my anxiety at bay recently has been exercise so it's especially today like I've been fine today because I've been to the gym and I know that like that's a massive thing for you like being able to go Definitely. to the gym and let stuff out so I guess what, what what is your top thing your like your very top thing of I know that this will help my anxiety mine yeah 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 sleep um, that's been a huge thing during lockdown. I haven't slept, and m- my anxiety just and depression has been so bad. Um, but then on the days where I do sleep, it hasn't been as bad. Mm. Um, exercise definitely, and music. Um, having a playlist that you know will lift you is like the best thing ever. Like I've got a playlist, and it's all just songs that make me happy. Um, yeah, they're my top three. Cool. <laughs> and then finally, I'm going to wrap this up. So, how? So basically, I, I'm just going to ask a question, and then you've got to say if it's true or false, or give me an answer to it, or whatever. Okay. So I've, I've written a list, now, so I'll just pick one. So during lockdown, a survey by Calm showed that one in six people in the UK have had a mental health problem. But that's that's a lot, isn't it? Do you not think that that's a lot, or do you think that because everybody's been cooped up on top of one another, that that's enhanced it massively? Can you do this bit again? Yeah, why? Because I didn't really listen. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm like. Like as soon as someone starts talking, I just switch off. We've been talking the whole time. I know, but it's because like. I'm leaving this in, by the way. (laughs) I'm leaving this in just so you go. Because I didn't listen. Get this all the time. You just literally, you're just <laughs> just staring in space in your own little world, and then <laughs> because it's like if I think I'm not going to understand it, I just switch off. So it's like it's just, it's just a fact. <laughs> I was going to be like, oh, let's talk about this for a couple of minutes, and that's literally it. And it's the last thing. <laughs> so during lockdown, a survey by Calm showed that one in six people in the UK have had a mental health problem. That's a lot, isn't it? Do you not think? Yeah. I'm not shocked today. Are you saying is this true or false? Well, it's obviously true. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I was supposed to do true or false. I just completely ruined that. Okay, it doesn't matter. Um, right, yeah, so it's true. One, So you're saying it's true, one in six <laughs> people have had a mental health issue during lockdown? Yeah. Okay. I'm not surprised. I think people that were aware of their mental health issues before lockdown were slightly more tailored to handle it and deal with it. Having said that, I still think we both struggled, even though 
we do know how to cope with it because it's yeah. especially every coping mechanism that you've put in place is out the window is out the window yeah. so it's like we like to go to gigs we we like to go to the gym we like routine yeah like routine and... massively helps us eating healthy stuff like that and it, all of that everything just went out the window like weren't sleeping yeah mm. so yeah i'm not surprised and i think a lot of people would it would have only just kicked in now and it would be their first awareness yeah i kind of, of think it. it's been a good thing though because like not the anxiety part but i think that people having the time so like people that have had anxiety and then kind of tackled it it's probably a good thing because they'll be like oh this is something that's wrong but it's been enhanced by lockdown so i'm going to do something about it but I've, but they wouldn't have actually done anything about it if lockdown wouldn't have happened i think so it's for instance so many people are moving like so many people have got their houses yeah. up for sale at the minute so i think lockdown has probably pushed people or given them the push that they've needed into doing something that they maybe have been putting off or didn't want to do. And it's been a bit of a positive, I think. Yeah, I, I like, when you constantly see on social media everyone just saying how bad 2020's been, like, it has been really bad, I'm not going to lie. But I am grateful for the fact that we've been lucky enough to not get furloughed and still be earning money. So we've actually got savings behind us now. Yeah. And uh, we've cleared our credit card, which has taken, like yes. I said, I get stressed with financial situations, so that's taken that stress away. Um, but obviously other people aren't lucky enough to be in that situation. But So I'm grateful for that and the fact that we've now got a decent pot of savings. And I'm also grateful just for to have the time to reflect and think what's important in life. Like I know that friend, like family and friends are the most important thing. And also, like we said before, it's helped us slow down, like, because we were, like, we had slowed down, but we were still a little bit fast. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, and it, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of made me see that you don't need to go out and do stuff all the time. Like, I know, like, during the early parts of lockdown, you literally couldn't do anything. You couldn't, you're allowed to have a house for exercise for an hour. But it's kind of it has made life be a bit simpler anyway. Like just, do you know what I mean? Yeah. For like, which has been a positive. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna just finish that because oh. I think that we've run out to talk about. No, I could go on forever and ever. Like I, yeah. I didn't used to be a deep person, but I feel like I'm very deep nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> like, I could just chat about this subject forever. Yeah. But thanks for letting me be the first person. That's okay. I'll and like I said before, I am well proud of you for doing this. And I'm proud of you for being on my podcast. <laughs> and if you didn't, get, <laughs> and if you didn't get it earlier, I've I've mentioned it a few times already. Go and follow Tara Kate Creates. 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 Um, because yeah, Tara does a lot of good stuff. And. So start sewing it may seem like a lame thing to do but it's really fun <laughs> oh, we haven't even talked about so there will be a part two of this at some point because i know that you want to speak about sewing and we haven't actually touched on it at all really nah. 
But that's fine. Like I said, I could talk forever. Yeah, cool. Okay, bye. Bye. See you in two seconds. Bye. Love you, bye. So that was it. The first ever episode of the Stress Sessions. Make sure you like, rate and subscribe. And just keep downloading, keep listening. And you'll be finding out about the next episode through my Instagram at Stress Sessions. Or you can even email me on stresssessions at gmail.com and I'd really like to hear your questions. I really hope that this has helped somebody and even talk about their mental health because that'd be awesome and that's literally what this podcast is all about. So I'll see you next time and thanks for listening. Bye!